Hi, this is Lindsay Miller, and you're listening to the Arkansas Times Week in Review podcast recorded Friday, February 17th. On this edition, we're going to talk about all the terrible things that happened at the legislature this week, including lawmakers' continued assault on trans Arkansans and Governor Sanders' push for a new work requirement for the state's expanded Medicaid population. And who knows, maybe some more. I'm joined, as usual, by Arkansas Times Editorial Director Austin Bailey. Hello. So we talked last week about uh, the the theme of the ledge so far being uh, culture war. And uh, within that, I think probably the, the main focus has been beating up on trans Arkansans. And we really saw that this week. Uh, there was the introduction of a, a new... Uh, very devious bill that seems largely modeled on the uh, Texas abortion bounty uh, law that 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 allows private citizens to to go after people who are seeking abortions, and and is devious because uh, it there's no one to sue. You can't sue the state over it, and so uh, the the trans bill is confusing to me. Maybe you can explain it a little bit, but the, the point of it is that uh, it, it, if it's enacted, it will be difficult for uh, the ACLU, for instance, which is already challenging uh, a, a ban on gender-affirming care for uh, young folks in Arkansas. It will be difficult for them to, to file a case. Um, yeah, so you, you covered this a little bit this week. Uh, Senate Bill 199? Um, this is this is the one that basically uh, adds some civil pieces to the uh, criminal bill from 2021 that that makes it against the law to provide gender affirming care for trans youth. Um, so now um, it's they would create some some ways to sue medical providers who who did uh, provide uh, medical gender affirming care to trans youth. Um, Boosting the statute of limitations from two years currently to thirty years, although I think it's it's been amended to fifteen. Uh, it's it's kind of a scare tactic way of keeping um, keeping medical providers from providing these treatments. Um, and since the twenty twenty one law is still held held up in court, we don't we don't know what's going to happen with that. But if it gets thrown out and Arkansans are able to access. Uh, hormone therapies, puberty blockers um, under the age of 18, uh, this would just basically be a new way to to keep them from doing that. Yeah, and, and part of the issue, I think, is that it would, it would prevent providers from getting liability insurance coverage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just uh, such, such a monumental risk to them uh, that I, I think it would just shut it shut it down in Arkansas um the hearing about that um about this bill this week was um you might have seen a clip about it on the internet uh it was during a hearing on this bill uh, when a local pharmacist Gwen Herzig was testifying about uh about you know against this bill and Senator Matt McKee of Percy asked her if she has a penis um I, I i guess that's i would say that's the the lowest level of of discourse i think i've ever seen at the arkansas capitol 
it was pretty shameful and and the world has seen our shame i've seen it shared on the internet um this is this is where we are it, it's it was a a bleak day <clears throat> and and that wasn't it there was also uh, another bill that targeted uh, trans kids uh in bathrooms and schools this week uh, and then maybe the, the worst one uh, was filed, and it would criminalize trans people from using uh, bathrooms or uh, locker rooms. So uh, it, it would charge them with a misdemeanor, and I think if there's any sort of exposure, uh, a felony. And the, if, if they use any bathroom facility where there's a minor present. I think it's important to note that the amount of energy and time that the Arkansas legislature dedicates toward attacking transgender people is is wildly, um, you know, unmatched with the number of transgender people in Arkansas and any problems caused by this community, which I know of none. Um, but yes, it, it was just another week of, of an onslaught of, of, of laws against transgender folks. There was a pretty cringy Senate Education Committee meeting on Wednesday, um, during which Mary Bentley and Dan Sullivan um, presented their bathroom bill to keep transgender students from using the bathroom that corresponds with their gender. Uh, and there were some pretty good points made. Um, say uh, a boy who's in the fourth grade who has been a boy and everyone knows him as a boy. Um, this law goes into effect and all of a sudden this boy has to use the girl's bathroom. You know, that's going to create not only confusion, but some, you know, some safety issues. Um, but we heard, you know, again, of course, uh, resistance um, to that, you know, people present evidence like, you know, oh, this creates new dangers for transgender kids. The system as we have it now, when people where people can use the bathroom that corresponds with their gender does not create any danger. But, you know, it, it just falls on deaf ears over and over and over again. Senator Brianne Davis got pretty indignant and said, you know, she resents that, you know, being put in this narrative that she, uh, you know, wants to harm trans kids. She doesn't want to harm trans kids, but she certainly voted to harm trans kids. So here we are. Yeah, so that that was that got kind of the most attention, but there were endless other bills that are winding their way through uh, through the ledge that similarly are you know fighting these battles uh, just to fire up the base. Um, you know that we we had one that. Uh, would force state entities to divest from uh, financial firms that that the way the bills frame boycott uh, energy companies or or guns and ammunition companies that make guns and ammunition. Uh, this is targeting so-called ESG funds. It's environmental, social, and, and governance uh, invest investments that have become popular in recent years both for political reasons, but also just as a hedge, you know, the, the world is, is slowly burning. And so maybe it doesn't make sense to invest in oil giants. Uh, you know, if, if you're a, uh, a socially conscious municipality or institution, maybe you don't want to invest in the firearms industry with school shootings being rampant. So this uh, has been 
this this sort of legislation has has gone through in other states, notably in Texas, and it's it's costing the state hundreds of millions of dollars. Uh, the sponsors, not very credibly, said that they'd come up with a workaround that that wouldn't lead to Arkansas taking a huge hit, but uh, I, I think it's it's likely to. Um, what what else? Well, I have another um, make-believe problem that uh, we have legislation to solve, and that happened this week in the, I think it's Senate State Agencies and Government Affairs Committee. Um, Arkansas does not have unmanned ballot drop boxes, although we probably should. They've been used successfully without any problem in a lot of Western states for many years. They're convenient for voters. Um, you can just drop your ballot there. Um, I guess it saves postage. Uh, under Arkansas law currently, if you're going to vote absentee, not go to a polling site, you can put your ballot in the mail or have it delivered by a designated bearer to your county clerk's office. Uh, this week, uh, we ha- um, saw a vote to pass through committee um, a bill uh, Senate Bill 258 by Tyler Dees that will pre- prevent us from ever thinking about having one of these ballot drop boxes that we have never had, and I'm not aware of anyone proposing it. But don't worry, we're never going to have them. So it's it's part of a nationwide push by right-wing groups being led by the the Heritage Foundation to kind of push the stop the steal narrative to say, hey, election integrity is in danger. You know, Democrats are trying to vote. Oh my gosh, how can we make it harder? How can we, how can we stop, um, stop election fraud when in fact we, we don't really have election fraud, but it, it passed. Uh, so it's likely that it will, that it will move all the way through Clark Tucker, the the lone Democrat in that committee, valiantly pointed out that, you know, he he didn't see a reason for this law. Um, And he pointed out that that we've had only three cases of election fraud in the state in this century. None of them, of course, involved these ballot boxes that don't actually even exist here. And and there's no difference between what they're talking about and just putting your absentee ballot in a post office box. Absolutely. Absolutely. You could. uh, But but here we are. You know, this is what we're spending our energy on. Um, You know, I I do see some legislators point out, hey, you know, we have kids who are really hungry. We have some health care disparities. Let's maybe focus on those things. But instead, we focus on make-believe ballot boxes and make-believe boogeymen in the bathroom. So it's it's definitely a theme has been established, and it's it's getting pretty exhausting. Well, one final thing, uh, or maybe not the final, uh, penultimate thing to talk about uh, at the ledge was uh, a bill that got pushed through committee that seems unconstitutional. It would raise the threshold for citizen-initiated acts and constitutional amendments uh, for the signature gathering. Right now, according to the Arkansas Constitution, you have to get signatures, at least 50% of, uh, of electors in 15 counties. This would shift it to 50 counties and raise the percentage to, to 75. This, of course, is after Arkansas voters soundly rejected a constitutional amendment referred by the legislature that would have raised uh, raise the threshold for signatures or, or raise the threshold for 
uh, for votes for uh, constitutional amendments. Um, but yeah, they, they, they don't care about taking away the, the power of the people. And uh, this was another one where Clark Tucker just eviscerated their arguments and then just kind of, yeah, whatever, we're going to do it. So the, the big thing that continues to loom over the session is uh, these big packages, none of which have materialized, writing on tax cuts, a crime omnibus bill, and, and the education overall, which Sanders supposedly rolled out, but but she held a press conference and, and delivered some talking points and then later uh, uh, a leaked kind of memo on it uh, came out. But we still haven't seen the bill, and it's been several weeks, and Sanders has been pushing all sorts of, uh, you know, promo on it on, on Twitter and through her education department, myths versus facts, which is just crazy because the bill doesn't exist. How do we know if it's a myth? It's all a myth as of now. Nothing exists. Um, yeah, you know, so uh, today I had a phone call with a Republican lawmaker, uh, Representative Kozart, uh, about a conversation I heard that he had with some teachers. A, a lot of teachers visited the Capitol this week, and uh, some of them shared with me that they were surprised at, his, at Representative Kozart's candor. Um, and he, he basically said to them, you know, I've been fighting vouchers for a decade now, and I'm tired, and I can't win this fight. Um, you know, basically, you know, the, these young uh, legislators are are want vouchers and they're going to have them. And uh, I asked, said, you know, is this is this true? And and he said, yes, you know. Um, and the rich people want these. Right. That the, the rich people want this. Of course they would. The, the Waltons have been clamoring for this for years and years. And and to, and to be fair, if I had two kids in a school that cost twenty thousand dollars a year. Uh, and the government said, hey, I want to give you 7000 per kid. I mean, it's not like I would say no, <laughs> right? Uh, but gosh, this is brand new spending for rich people. Um, and that's, that's what we're doing over there. And nobody's, you know, talking about it that way. But this is not uh, going to do, this is not a, a program that's going to help poor kids. This, that, that's not what we're here to do. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll see. I, I do, uh, to Representative Cozart, thanks for the, the 10 years. And, and I, I, I hear you. Everyone, everyone's getting tired. So. All right. Well, we're getting tired here, too. Just one final thing to, to mention. Uh, Governor Sanders announced this week that Arkansas would, again, apply to the federal government for a work requirement for the AR home program that's the latest incarnation of Arkansas's uh, unique version of Medicaid expansion we take Medicaid dollars for uh, able-bodied adults uh, up to 138 percent of federal poverty line and allow them to buy private plans Uh, that's that's been good for the state uh, both in terms of the tax revenue that it's generated and good for hospitals because the reimbursement rate's better uh, but uh, the state, you know, wants to wants to punish people who are not working enough. There's a big, big theme going through the ledge this time. And the crazy thing about this plan, uh, this, of course, follows uh, Arkansas's previous work requirement, which got shut down uh, in the courts after 18,000 people were, were uh, kicked off 
health insurance. Uh, this wouldn't kick anybody off. I think they know that that's a no-go with the Biden administration. It would merely move them to traditional fee-for-service Medicaid. So, you know, A, I think I barely understand the health care that I have and all the implications of it. I, I really doubt, I mean, health care is a Byzantine thing altogether. Very unlikely that folks are going to understand the difference of this. Uh, the a big failure of the work requirement uh, before is that the state didn't put any money into outreach or uh, verification, and so I'd say it's unlikely they're going to do it this time. This is this is just another thing from state Republicans where they they can fire up the base and you know be rah rah about how they're punishing poor people. With that, let's move on to endorsements. What do you have this week? You know, I think I might have already endorsed this book, but I'll endorse it again. Um, have I endorsed Electra? I don't know. Maybe I have. Maybe I haven't. It's a, a retelling of the story of the of the Trojan War, and um, it's full of angry women seeking and finding vengeance. And I don't know why, but it just felt it just resonates right now. Lovely. Sounds great. Uh, I will endorse the song, uh, the, the cover, Take Me Home, Country Roads by Toots Mayhall. Um, it, he's, you know, a classic reggae singer. His album Toots in Memphis, produced by Little Rock's own Jim Dickinson, is, is a classic where he does all sorts of stacks and hot records. Uh, covers this one isn't on that though it easily could have been but you know it's the the John Denver song that uh, Toots kind of makes it his own and talks about Jamaica instead of West Virginia but it's it's a killer cover that will bring a little sunshine into your weekend thanks for listening read the Arkansas blog we've got uh, all that we talked about in more depth plus sadly a lot more We'll be back next week. Bye.